What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. We are back. It's Thursday. We're back this Thursday. Took a little bit of time off on the Tuesday. I travel issues. It's travel issues. Much, pretty much all my fault. So we'll just we'll just I'll just take the blame on that one right now. But we're back for the Thursday show, and we have a hell of a lot to talk about. There's some CFL news. Quarterbacks are flying everywhere. Playoffs is dead. Left, right, and center in in the OUA. Sorry, who's dead? The witch. The witch is dead. Ding dong. The witch is dead. The wicked witch. The witch old witch. I don't know what not, you're talking about. Not the wicked witch of the West. It is the oh, GM of the Ottawa Red Flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. I made the connection. Okay. Well, yeah. They like. We'll we'll, we'll get there. They've got we'll it half figured out, I guess. But ah. uh, we'll st- <laughs> we'll start off the top with the ad reads. Get geared up for game day with Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology, putting you back on the field with products such as the tri-layer whistle mask, the electronic whistle, coaching boards, gear, more sweaters, hats, whatever you may need. Fox 40 will help you get back on the field. Head to fox40shop.com to shop all of their great products. While you're there, use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order at fox40shop.com. And if you're shopping... Why not hit up some Sawdust City Beer? Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This October before the month is over, go ahead, use our code CFL, get yourself free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. All right, so let's dive into it. We talked about it a little bit off the top. We'll start with the East, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Marcel Desjardins, no longer the GM of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, he tweeted it out himself saying, I'm no longer the GM. I'm going to spend time with my family. And then he proceeded to turn around, go on TSN 1200 and say, this is a big mistake. And the roster was under-talented, I think was the word he used. Um which I kind of rolled my eyes at because if you knew it, why not try to build a better roster? Why not try and go out and get some of these receivers that we saw on the market instead of letting them go to Winnipeg? Why not go and try and trade for a quarterback like Nick Arbuckle when you're using quarterback five on the year and it's clearly not working? This makes like, oh yeah, roster is under talented. You built it. (laughs) <laughs> what I find so funny about the Arbuckle thing, though, is like he was on the roster once already. They had a crack at Nick Arbuckle, but he wanted but, to but, stay. He wanted to stay, but Paul Apolis wanted his guy, Matt Nichols. How'd that work out? It didn't. Then you had a Nichols second got hurt. Nichols chance. Got hurt. It wasn't working, okay, but Nichols It got wasn't hurt. working. What type of quarterback did we see for the first two, three weeks from Matt Nichols? We saw. Not a professional quarterback. <laughs> Are we going back to that quote? No, no, we won't go there today. <laughs> but still, we'll they had a shot now for a second time at Nick Arbuckle. It was clear, evident, and out to the world that Nick Arbuckle was on the trade block and that the Toronto Argonauts were going to rock with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. You had a shot at Arbuckle for a second time, and you're choosing to roll with Caleb Evans and a guy named Duck. A guy named Duck who threw pick very early on. Um I thought uh, Braden Sue is pretty perfect for Duck. That was the that was the pick of a oh shit. This league actually has some speed kind of throw. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
I kind of think it was more of a, oh shit, that sideline is far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh no, that really is like 65 yards to the field side. Yeah, no, it's tough. Like the Arbuckle, Arbuckle got traded to Edmonton. That's what we're leading into as well. Um, The Edmonton Elks confusingly traded for Arbuckle, who's on a one-year deal and is expiring. So they gave up a third. If he extends with Edmonton, it becomes a second round pick. But it's kind of like, why are you trying this now? Right? Like you've got five games left. You're three games back. Teams are going to have to lose in front of you. One of them being Calgary. And oh yeah, Calgary plays the Red Blacks this weekend. So, And I don't think Calgary is losing the way they've been playing lately either. Like they're on a heater. Yeah. So so- I, I don't get it either. I'm with you. I don't get it. Now, I did see. If they want to resign him, then yeah. Then fine. Yeah. Like, great. But I did see, and maybe that is the play. Maybe that's a long term play is that they do want to bring Arbuckle in and make him the quarterback of the future, which, if that is your play, fine. Because Arbuckle, I think, in my opinion, you know, this might not be a very great opinion, but I think that Arbuckle is a good quarterback, all things considered. You know, tough situation in Toronto where he got hurt and McLeod Bethel Thompson just played better. He just flat out played better football. So, they were kind of comfortable with moving Arbuckle, I guess. But now Edmonton has a shot to – I saw Dave Campbell tweet this out, um, and I actually thought it was a pretty good comparison. He said, I'm not making an exact comparison, but I'm just drawing kind of a, a similar situation here. But he said that it kind of reminds him of when they brought in Michael Riley early on in his career, unproven guy with a lot of upside and a lot of talent that sure enough had skyrocketed his career. And now Michael Riley is one of the best quarterbacks in our league, but Hey, Nick Arbuckle, unproven guy has bounced around a little bit, has a chance to go in and prove something now as this unproven guy. Yeah. I think Arbuckle has got a good chance. I mean, for all the talk of Taylor Cornelius and then you go and make this move late. It's like, they're trying to make a last minute push for the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, your roster is really talented. And if you get there, you could cost some hell for people, but kind of a little bit too late. Maybe you did this a couple weeks ago, might've changed in your favor, but anyways, let's get to our players of the week. We're going to briefly talk about it because we were not able to on Tuesday, Jackson cooling McMaster special team, the 62 yard, Punt return touchdown sealed the deal for him. Uh, Tommy Bringy, nine tackles, a forced fumble, a pick. He was all over the field again for that Golden Hawks defense. I am so impressed with this, this guy each week we watch his tape. Yeah, we've got two Laurier Golden Hawks on this list this week. But Tommy Bringy had an absolute day as the defensive player of the week for us. And we'll start it off there because we normally start on the offensive side of the ball. So let's switch it up, have some fun, start on the defensive side of the ball. Tommy Bringy all over the field for that Laurier Golden Hawks defense in their win over the Windsor Lancers. He had seven tackles, a game-high seven tackles for him, a forced fumble, and an interception. Not to mention that, you know, when he wasn't making plays and showing up on the stat sheet, that he was just creating so much disruption that Windsor was forced to worry about him all game, whether he was actually impacting the play or not. He was indirectly impacting the play on every single snap. And let's move to the offensive side. Ante Aguovin. 10 receptions, 220 yards, two touchdowns, second most in Golden Hawks history for a single game. That team history pushed him over the top in this very tight race for Offensive Player of the Week. Oddly enough, he passed Steph Potasic 
on that list for the second most receiving yards all time. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, he had a, he had a big day as well. Great to see him contributing like that on offense. Two we know that he's capable shots. of that. And Two we know balls. he's capable of being that kind of deep threat wide receiver. So that was a lot of fun to see. It was fun to see him pop off and have a day like that. I think it was, uh, it was long overdue for Ante. And, you know, when he competed in the combine in 2019, he was a burning. He was one of the fastest guys at the regional combine. Uh, translates the tape very well as the Lancer defense found out last weekend. So congratulations to our two Golden Hawks, our one Marauder for the players of the week. We talked about clarity last week. We wanted clarity from this top 10. We want clarity in the week. And we said, hopefully we get it because we are running out of time. I think we got it. Yeah, I for the first time I like this this top ten. Um, we'll get there, but like you're kind of half you're kind of gonna have to be forced to be comfortable with Montreal in the top spot now. Yeah, ten to ten to one. <laughs> here we go. Calgary, X, Laurier, Guelph, Manitoba, Sask, Laval, Queens, Western, and number one, U the M, the Caribbean. My only issue right now is Calgary being one and three on this list. Um and with the Dinos, like, is there a team that you could have slotted in ahead of them? Like, they have lost three games in a row. Are they still – I know it's been three tight games, but, like, one and three is one and three. And not all losses are created equal, but um, this is, like, their last chance. Like, you guys have to go to UBC, and you have to put the hammer down on the T-Birds. Yeah, I entirely agree. And this is – I mean, I'm finally ready to give up – the Calgary should be higher spot after losing all these games. Like this is not the Calgary team that we thought or expected them to be. Um, that's fine. That's fine. But I am fine with Calgary at 10 on this list. I'm happy to see Saskatchewan move up though, because we've been saying everybody needs to relax on, on forgetting about Saskatchewan or dropping Saskatchewan because they're a damn good football team. That Scott Flory team is not going anywhere. They're aggressive. They're mean. They're going to hit you in the face. That's what they did. That's what they do. That's what they've continued to do since they dropped that one game at the start of the season. And guess what? They're back at five on the list. So, Oh, they're not going to stop moving either. They're going to keep climbing in this list. Is um, it at this point is the can West. And I know we're like, I'm getting outside of the top 10 a little bit, but quickly at this point in the season, is the can West Saskatchewan's to lose? Yes, it, it is. Now that we've seen Calgary, like Calgary is one and three. They have a chance to miss the playoffs completely. Which is insane. Yeah, if they do that, there will be a lot of questions and wondering of what the heck went wrong. But if they miss the playoffs, it's sass to lose. And even if they make, like, I think Calgary can make the playoffs and they can upset any team because they have the Phil Potts, they have JJ. That team, like, even the last drive against Alberta, there was like three third down conversions. We'll get to this. You know what? Why don't we just talk about it now? Calgary, Alberta. Um, because what a roller coaster it was. It was 18 nothing, then it was tied up, and then it was back and forth in the second half. And on the final drive, it was third down conversion after third down conversion. And finally, the Alberta defense stuffed the Dinos and dropped them to one and three on the road. But for... Calgary and for Sask, like Calgary needs to win out and sneak into the playoffs. And I think they could, I think they could go back to Manitoba and win because we saw them throttle them in the first half and then give up that collapse 
Alberta. We saw them go down early and then come swinging back with 26 points in the second quarter. Um, I, I really think that this team can still play at that Vanier Cup form or at least close to it, but we're just not seeing it for a full 60 minutes and that's where teams are taking advantage of them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like I texted you at about, I don't know, I think there was maybe five minutes left in the first half. But I texted you, I said, what the hell is going on in Alberta right now? But it was just the Golden Bears playing good football and getting the better of Calgary. But you're right. I mean, I totally think Calgary can go back and beat some of the teams that they've lost to. I mean, how often do we see Wayne Harris come off of a loss to a team, turn well, around, seen it twice and now. then hammer them? I mean, historically, oh, oh, oh. this season we've seen it twice now. But I mean, historically, how, how many times have we seen Wayne Harris take a loss? Not often. But then how many times have we seen Wayne Harris take a loss and then come back and have his team just – that much more ready, that much more fine-tuned, that much more just reared to go, and they just come in, step on your throat, punch you in the face, leave you in the dirt, and go and, home with a win. And UBC isn't going to be a slouch either. I mean, they just took no. down the undefeated Manitoba Bisons, but I think the Calgary Dinos will still sneak into the playoffs. Barely, but I think they will get it done. I think it's probably going to go Sask, Manitoba, Alberta, Calgary. That's going to be my four. And then we're going to get that Sask-Calgary matchup First round. I know we want it. I know we want it. Hardy, but I I don't think we're going to get it this year. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked to see a Sask Manitoba Hardy cup, honestly. Um, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't banjo bowl college version ish. Yeah. Yeah. Really ish. Um, Is this, is this the most, I I think it has to be, but this is the most competitive year I can remember the can West being like top to bottom. It's insane. There's there's no no clear order this year. That's what's different is before you, you knew, you had your top level, your mid-level, your bottom level. But this year, it's kind of like you have Sask, and you have a bunch of teams that are going to fight tooth and nail. Like even Regina, you can't count them out of any game. So No, um, McConkie's got his squad ready to go. Let's uh, let's move to Quebec because I have some words to eat. Laval, you to M. Laval came in with her backup quarterback, and it just did not go their way. Oh, my. Nope. No, it did not. You ready to walk back or a little bit, a little bit. Maybe I think you, I think I think you might've said that Laval was going to hammer Montreal in this one. Maybe I think you might've I did. sort I of mean, mentioned that. I am ready to eat those words. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I did get the uniforms right for uh, Laval or for you. You to did. Have, I you did. did. You did. I was I'll right give on you that. that. <laughs> I'll give you a win there. You can have that little was, victory on the, uniforms. I was right on the aesthetics, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what matters, right? Look good, feel good, play good. (laughs) But no, for you to M, like, uh, they're at Sepsum, backup quarterback for Laval, and any time that defense can get an edge on you, uh, it's going to be a very long day for whoever wants to come in. UDM is the class of the RSEC, but can they provide an offense outside of their conference? I mean, we saw them last year go and put up two stinkers offensively once they got past the RSEC. They are throwing the ball a little bit better this year, uh, which is something that I harp on the Quebec conference for in jest a little bit, but not really. I mean, sometimes it does kill them. We saw it kill them a little bit in the Vanier Cup when, you know, Calgary had this dynamic offense and UDM was like, oh, shoot, um, we can't really run the ball today because Calgary's defense is good. We can't really throw the ball to Shabbat the entire game because they're going to pick up on that. So, damn. Uh, but yeah, no. So this year, Montreal, they have 
an improved passing offense. And what I've seen from the, the Montreal passing offense this year has been very promising. Again, 350 and three touchdowns against Laval in this game. 35-10 win, 350-3. and three. I'll take that all day long. That's a great stat line uh, for a conference that is historically defense and ground game. I mean, is that the, is that the epitome of U Sports football? Maybe, but there still are some dynamic playmakers in this league. And uh, the final one, High Western, uh, blowing out the Waterloo Warriors in a game that was not close from the start. Start from the moment Keon Edwards housed that 97 yard touchdown. Uh, Western really came out and said, You guys think you're at our level? Because in 2019, it was a very close matchup between Western and Waterloo. Uh, I don't think Western forgot that. And they said, Let's distance ourselves from the rest of the OUA right here, right now. They put on a show. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, quite the scene to see. But now, uh, now we know Waterloo has a very real chance to miss the playoffs. Uh, Coach Chris Bertoya tweeted out, you know, we have underachieved this year, but it's on to the Battle of Waterloo, on to the final fight for a playoff spot, and let's get going. Yeah, man, did Western ever show Waterloo what was up? Waterloo with a chance to miss the playoffs is absolutely wild to me here because I mean, you picked I, them I, to win the I, threw, I did. Yeah. I threw some pretty, pretty errant statements out at the start of the season. At I least. may have said that Waterloo was at the same level or better than Western at like week one, which was absurd. At least my prediction has a realistic reason for not happening. Okay. Tanner broke his freaking ankle. At least my prediction has a legitimate excuse, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I have anything really to say. I picked Waterloo. <laughs> Waterloo looked like they were going to be promising, did they not? And then, um, no, they weren't, unfortunately. But Queens, Queens, I'll take solace in the fact that Queens is number three on this list, finally. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to this week's matchup, though, because there are a lot of intriguing ones. Out East, St. FX versus Smew. Can X stay undefeated all year? I hope so. Me too. Nice to see them finally crack the top 10, too. It's not like we've been yelling about that for five weeks. You know, but, we uh, won't have to walk back, though, because we thought they weren't going to be too hot this year. We thought there was too much turnover for them to really be this dominant in the AUS. So kudos to Coach Waterman and his staff uh, for building this team up during the extra year. And uh, Coach Speck always has a crazy scheme that surely throws teams for a loop. Uh, That's a good team out out east. That's a good team out east. uh, Not too many big matchups in our sec this week. So we'll jump to the OUA where we have Panda 2.0 tonight. The winner gets to host a playoff game. The loser has to wait and see if they have a matchup with Queens or if we get Panda 3.0. the Battle of Waterloo 2.0 as well. <laughs> we're uh, we're making this up as we go. Uh, this one, not really. I mean, we're not making it up at all. But uh, the 2.0s and 3.0s are just uh, kind of stacking up. So keep up if you can. Uh, like what's this next game? Is it the Battle of Red and Off Red or what? What are we calling this one? Uh, Mythical Beasts versus... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, a bird and a half versus a bird. There we go. <laughs> uh, 
but no, Battle of Waterloo 2.0. Waterloo needs to win to keep themselves alive. Laurier can afford a loss, but they don't really want to take one because then they're relying on Guelph and Western to win. So, Sask Manitoba, is Manitoba for real? Or is it Huskies on the go, Mason Nias slinging the ball left, right, and center? This might be one of the, like, outside of the OUA games, this might be the one game this week that I'm most excited for because this is going to tell me how real Manitoba is. Like, what Manitoba do we see kind of at the end of the season? Is this an, a, a Manitoba team that's made steady improvements, steady improvements, steady improvements, and is now proven to be one of the better teams in the Cam West? Or is this a Manitoba team that played some really damn good football all year and then come crunch time, they kind of fold a little bit? So we know that Sask kind of tripped and fell at the start of the season and they've picked themselves up and kind of dominated throughout um, Manitoba. Same. I mean, they look like a pretty good team in can West, but I want to see what they're going to look like at the end of the season against Saskatchewan. Regina, Alberta, golden bears on the high beating a rival. The Regina Rams took an L last week to the Huskies. They are looking to get back into the win column. If Alberta is able to win, they are almost a lock for the playoffs out in Cam West, which is huge for Coach Morris and that program. And finally, it's time. Connor's covers is back. We are holding you to last week, Connor. How'd you do? Last week, I started the week off tough. Outgunned, outmanned. I picked Toronto. That did not happen. Montreal showed up and had a damn game in their hometown. Then I went on to select the Ottawa Red Blacks to cover, which they also did not do. The Hamilton Tiger Cats proceeded to slap them 32 to 3. No cover there. I did get the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I did get the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who covered handsomely on the BC Lions in a 45-0 game. And then I missed again. I took Calgary to cover the one-point spread over Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan finally sneaks a win on the Calgary Stampeders, 20 to 17. I went one and three. Great week, Wade. Great uh, week. Hopefully we can do better. Four games this week. Stamps at Ottawa. Calgary is a 10 and a half point favorite. Connor? <laughs> I'm taking the Stamps. Okay. I learned my lesson too many times. I think I bet on the Ottawa Red Blacks four times this season. I've only hit it like once. So but I just got one stop. time you were champion. <laughs> the <on> one it. <laughs> time, the one time I did it. Yeah, no, I can't do it anymore. I'm just not going to touch Ottawa for the over, rest of this season. Over under 42 and a half. Under. Under, you don't think Calgary hits it on their own? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like a Hamilton 32-3 to situation. I got to take the under because I don't think Ottawa is going to score like 15 points. Okay, next game is the Ticats, speaking of Hamilton, against your Edmonton Elks. Hamilton minus four and a half. Yep, take that one all day long. The Elks are in shambles. They're not playing good football right now. I know they still have a pretty fast secondary and they've been limiting some touchdowns, but... Four and a half. I don't. I just don't think the Elks can score right now. Arbuckle's not going to be in a quarterback. No shot at Taylor Cornelius, but he has been unproven so far. The Elks are struggling. Hamilton covers this one. Over under set at forty three flat. I'm going to go over on this one. Okay. 
Next is the Lions at the Argos. Toronto, a home favorite, three and a half points against Michael Riley. I like for Michael Riley's sake, because I do like watching him play football. I really want to see this losing streak of the BC Lions stop. I think they're at six straight losses now. Uh, I don't think this is the week it stops. I think Ryan Dinwiddie and the Toronto Argonauts, much like we say about the OUA all the time, are going to be pissed off after the loss that they know they shouldn't have lost that badly by. McLeod Bethel-Thompson coming off a four-interception game. He had never thrown a pick in his life against the Alouettes. So they're going to be they're going to be ready to go. They're not going to drop too straight. I am taking the Toronto Argonauts to cover that three and a half of the BC Lions. And the over-unders keep climbing 45 and a half in this game. I'm going to take the under on this game. Mm. I am going to take the under on this game. Interesting. I thought this one would be an over for sure. From high 45, like the next, this one at 45 and a half. The next one just seems so high right now. Uh, Sask, Owls, Sask, one and a half point favorites. Do you like the Riders? It's pretty much a pick them. It is. This is a coin flip game. Um, are the Owls at home? That's my question. Yep. I think they are. The Owls are at home. I'm going to take Montreal to cover this one with Matthew Schultz under center again, if he is under center. I believe he will be, but I'm taking out, I'm taking the Montreal Alouettes and Schultz. The Owls are the best team in the East. The Owls, the Owls are the best team in the East right now, in my opinion. Uh, Saskatchewan's second best team in the West. Nobody's touching Winnipeg, but arguably third best team in the West. We can make a case for Calgary, but uh, no, I, I'm taking Montreal to keep rocking, keep rolling, and pick up a win by more than a, a point and a half on Saskatchewan. And the over-under highest of the week, 46 and a half points. I'm going to stay under on this. Oh, my. Four unders today from Connor. Wow. No, I took it over. I took the oh, over. Oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Yep, yep. You took the Edmonton... Uh, t- Hamilton over. My bad. I'm, might as well switch it and just go four straight unders. Just keep it consistent. No, no. Stick with the overs club for one at least. Uh, <laughs> we will move on now. Value picks for fantasy before we close out. McLeod Bethel Thompson. I'm taking him at 9,366 outside of last week's four interceptions. He has played very hot football. Uh, I expect a bounce back performance because I don't think the four interceptions is the McLeod that we are going to get. He's also one of the cheaper QBs this week, and he has a favorable matchup against the Lions team that has been struggling. You mean you don't want to take a $10,000 Trevor Harris that is likely not going to be starting this week? I will stay away. Uh, next up, we've got Jalen Acklin, 6,557 points. He's been heating up 21 and 15 points in his last two outings. Still very cheap at that price. Uh, I think he and Masoli, as long as JM is behind center, Ackland will get the ball a lot. Uh, and the final pick for the week, Kadeem Carey, 7,033. Consistent carries week in, week out. And against Ottawa, they're going to be looking to grind away clock probably very early in the second half, which means lots of opportunities for Kadeem Carey. So there's my three. I've got them slotted in. Hopefully they don't let me down like Jake Winicky did once he went over last week. He was due for one of those, though. I mean, he can't keep playing at like this astronomical level that he's been playing. No, no, okay, yes, just... we want him to, but he's due for a down game. Gio no, Lewis took all the 
Yeah, Gino Lewis just had every single ball instead. <laughs> Not even. He just had the two deep shots that went for the touchdowns. I mean, but, 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 take what you're given. J- like, Jake Winicky was covered yeah. down a lot in that game. Oh, yeah. They Toronto knew him. that Jake Winicky was the number one guy and that they were going to try to run through Jake Winicky and it opened up Gino. But, I mean, yeah, Winicky was due. He had, like, I think up to this season, uh, uh, up to this point in the season, he had only had one game where he had less than seven targets. Yeah. Like the dude is just a reception machine. It's insane. And you know what? Kudos to Matt Schiltz on this one. I want to I want to make a point of this because when you see a young quarterback or a backup quarterback come in, it's usually like the star receiver dominates a lot of targets because you feel like you want to get them involved. Kudos to Schiltz on this one because he did not fall into that trap. He knew they were covering him down. And he said, okay, well, there's Geno Lewis. Whoosh. Touchdown. Oh, oh, you want to cover Jake Winicky down again? Oh, Geno Lewis. Whoosh. Another touchdown. Cue the LED lights in the end zone because that is a fantastic that was stadium touch as well. That was great. I do want to stay on Shields for just one more second if we can because just because of how blown away with Schiltz that I've been like, yes, he's been in the league for four years now and he's taken some snaps, but he hasn't had very many meaningful snaps, not very meaningful snaps. He is not, he didn't have a career win as a starter until this season. So yes, he's been in the league now and he's seen the offenses and he's been on practice rosters and he's been, and he's been playing scout team and whatever, but like, seriously, he has stepped up and had two very good games and on the first Geno Lewis touchdown, the 33-yard touchdown to Geno Lewis, he took an absolute shot from Sean Oakman. And you could see when they showed it on the replay, he dropped back. He took a second, looked at Sean Oakman, realized that he was about to get absolutely smacked, turned his head back downfield, found Lewis, let the ball go for a beautiful touchdown, like a beautiful touchdown, got popped by Sean Oakman. But to to do that as as a guy who really hasn't taken any meaningful reps, to stand in there and know you are about to get absolutely decimated by one of the biggest players in the league, and to still throw that touchdown, like that is that that's veteran presence right there. He was fighting for his chance to keep playing as the starter. And you I, texted did, me that. You texted yeah, me that, and was, I couldn't agree more. He he knew he knew that this was the game. Like you put up against this big team, or they're going to have a serious look and they might still have a serious look at Trevor Harris, but they've got to now acknowledge that Schultz can ball and can carry this team if they need it to. Because I, you have I, so I, many playmakers around you. You don't have to be Superman. Yeah. And like, that's, I think maybe that's what Vernon Adams falls into too much is the, what James Winston say? Like you don't have to be Batman all the time. Schultz doesn't have to be Batman. He can be Bruce Wayne, except for maybe one drive a game where he has to make a throw like that with Sean Oakman breathing down his neck. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I liked what Schultz did. I'm, I'm hoping they give him a fair shot against. Uh, I don't like right now. I don't think you can turn away from him. Well, how do well, you? He's one, two, he stepped in and won two games for you. Yes. Trevor Harris is there. And obviously you have to do your due diligence on him. I agree with you. on You don't that. spend the capital to get Trevor Harris. If you aren't going to look at him. No, I agree. But like, for, for team chemistry's sake and for locker room's sake, like how do you turn away from Schultz right now if everybody in the locker room's behind him, if he is balling out, which he is? Like, sure, if he goes into this game against Saskatchewan and he stinks it up, like, yeah, throw Trevor Harris in, give him a look, or, or maybe start Trevor Harris next game, give him a look. But, like, right now, the way Schultz is playing, like, you can't pull him. You just can't. 
You got to ride the hot hand is what Connor is saying. But if you missed any of the OUA games that we talked about this episode, you can go back and check them out at OUA.tv. It is free to sign up live and on demand games. So you can catch the massive playoff implications as we have eight playoff scenarios that could play out in the OUA West from Western losing and not being the number one seed all the way through to Waterloo making it. Maybe Windsor makes it. We don't know. Uh, I'm excited to see how this one plays out. But OUA.tv free to sign up live and on-demand games as you wish. Also, get geared up with game day at Fox 40, fox40shop.com, where you can get your whistles, coaching boards, merch. They got some nice sweaters and stuff. The coaching boards are nice too. Uh, You can get your playbooks set on them, draw plays as well. Uh, CFP 15 gets you 15% off your order at Fox 40. And don't forget to stock up your fridge for game day with Sawdust City Beer. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. And this October, while it still is October, you can use the code CFL at checkout for free shipping on your first order over $100. Again, that is CFL at checkout at sawdustcitybeer.com. Great beer, great products. We love what they're doing over there. They've got a ton of fall beers coming out. Check out Sawdust City Beer. Stock your fridge because nothing goes better than Sawdust City and some football. Wade and I can both tell you that from firsthand experience. Man, football in Sawdust City, nothing really like it. They know what they're doing over there. Shout out to Sam and his team. And enjoy your weekend of OUA football. We're coming down. It is Halloween weekend. Halloween's on the Sunday, so get ready. I think uh, the Red Blocks are doing something Halloween-related at the stadium on Friday night. But enjoy. For Connor Knight, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective, take care. Enjoy your weekend. Let's get ready for the playoffs as they're around the corner. It's go time in Canadian football.